Hey, it's Tuesday, April 26, 2022. We've got a story today about DoorDash confirmed in the cannabis business. Your stockbroker might be high, New Hampshire's legalization update, a Chicago cannabis cartel, and Ohio could be making millions off of weed. So get ready. The marijuana industry is constantly changing with new laws, rules, and regulations. And whether you're working in the field or investing in it, you need to know what's happening. We keep you up to date by bringing you the latest information on the marijuana industry. So get ready, because this is the M News Now. Last week, we reported that DoorDash might be jumping into the cannabis game. Well, today, that became a reality at least for some lucky Canadians. Today, a leading Canadian cannabis retail brand, Supret, announced via press release that they're now partnering with DoorDash to provide cannabis pickups in Toronto, Canada. So as of now, no DoorDash weed deliveries, but perhaps it's just a start. For now, the new collaboration will give consumers access to Supret's curated menus and special collections with the DoorDash app convenience of pre-ordering and then picking up your cannabis at the local Supret store. Only those customers who confirm that they're age 19-plus can view cannabis retail store information, cannabis products, or anything related to cannabis. Supret will verify IDs and strictly enforce maximum possession amount at the store during pickup. So again, it's no DoorDash deliveries for now, but it could be the start of something great. The website Blind.com recently conducted an online survey of a little over 2,500 verified professionals on their workplace cannabis use. Several different companies and industries were represented in the survey. The survey asked employees, have you used cannabis for medical or non-medical purposes while working in the office or at home in the last three months? Nearly one in three professionals answered yes, they have been high on the job. One software engineer from Wayfair said, I've spent most of my pandemic high. They added that their job was fairly simple and they didn't feel it affected their performance very much. Some respondents believed that cannabis actually helped improve their work. One professional from MathWorks said, It helps me think more abstractly. And another professional from an unnamed company said, I've smoked with many of my directors and even two VPs in my company. It's been good for my career, makes great connections over a joint, and always leads to positive change in relationship. The financial industries who responded had the highest number of employees who admitted to using cannabis in the last few months while at work. Software company Splunk had 73% who replied yes. Financial giants Robinhood, Better.com, and J.P. Morgan each had close to half of their employees saying yes, they had used cannabis while on the job. And others, including Bloomberg, Capital One, and Goldman Sachs, each had about one-third of their respondents say they'd partaken as well. Over in online retail sales, about one-quarter of Wayfair employees said that they'd been high at work while in the last few months as well. And the companies with the least amount were from Apple, Coinbase, and ServiceNow. This is a limited survey, but the high number of users, pun intended, seemed in line with what other studies have done. Just a few months back in December 2021, researchers from the University of Michigan looked at cannabis use among programmers. They found that more than a third of programmers that they had spoke to used cannabis while programming at least once, and about one in five did it at least once a month. Blind.com also did a similar study way back in 2018 that showed that out of the 5,112 respondents, 39% reported that they had consumed cannabis in the last six months while working. New Hampshire residents are going to have to wait a bit longer on recreational cannabis. 
A state review committee unanimously rejected a bill that would have legalized recreational cannabis, which means it will most likely not be passed by the state Senate. The bill had been passed by the State House of Representatives early this month, but not by a large margin. The review that just rejected it did have some senators in their group who support cannabis legalization, but they felt that this particular bill was not the right way to go about legalizing it. Democratic senators who support cannabis said that the bill set up a monopoly on cannabis retailing, and that would put cultivators at a huge disadvantage. The senators also wanted to see better protection for the existing medical cannabis operators. Democratic State Senator Aaron Hennessy said, I would love to be able to fix this bill, but there's just too many questions that we've received that do not make it fixable for those who'd like to see marijuana legalized in the state. There were also some senators who were completely opposed to cannabis legalization in any form and showed their ignorance on the subject. Senator Lou D'Alessandro, a former teacher, said, I'm opposed to marijuana. I've dealt with it with students. I've dealt with it with constituents. It's a problem. I think that the situation's quite clear. The availability of marijuana on, let's call it the black market, is pervasive. It's everywhere, and we must deal with the ramifications of it. Senator D'Alessandro would benefit from learning about how much more of a black market exists in non-legal states than those with properly regulated and safe legalization. Another senator, Republican Bob Guida, made comments that are stunningly uneducated on the subject. Guida spoke to his colleagues in the committee and said, Why would we want to join the herd of introducing to our culture legalization of a substance that is unquestionably a gateway drug? Marijuana being a gateway drug has been debunked time and time again. At least there were some educated senators who understand the positive impact of cannabis and are doing their best to see that it's legalized in the most beneficial way possible. Sometimes these delays can be frustrating, but making sure the legislation is done correctly will be better for everyone in the long run. A new lawsuit in Illinois calls some of the biggest cannabis companies a Chicago cartel and alleges that they're violating antitrust laws by price-sharing information in an attempt to inflate cannabis prices and keep them high, essentially creating monopolist prices. The companies targeted by the lawsuit are Green Thumb Industries, Verano, Akerna, and Parallel, formerly known as Certera. The suit was filed by True Social Equity in Cannabis, which is a group of consumers, employees, and potential competitors in the industry. They're hoping to get the state to drop their limit on cannabis licenses and legalize any amount of cannabis. One member of the group, Anna Rose Lee Epstein, said that this action would help marginalize people to get into the business. Their suit notes that some of the companies sell each other's products, which is true, but only because Illinois law does require cannabis dispensaries to sell competitor products. Edie Moore is a founder and legislative co-chair of the Chicago Normal Branch, which is one of the oldest and most respected voices in cannabis legalization for the last half century. They're a nonprofit group and consumer advocate. Moore herself is also a cannabis license applicant and called the suit crazy talk, saying it was vague and nebulous. Moore acknowledged that the Illinois cannabis market is restricted by law to 21 licensed growers, but said that the solution is for the state to issue the licenses that are already pending and says those are for marginalized social equity applicants. The reason the state's not yet issued those pending licenses is because they're being held up in court. Moore said, People who keep suing don't do anything but slow it down. It doesn't help anyone. Michael Sampson, a prominent cannabis industry attorney who's represented one of the defendants but has no connection with this case, called the suit head-scratching. There are a lot of general outlandish unsupported allegations, he said. This type of name-calling harms the entire industry. I'm not sure this would survive a motion to dismiss. One of the defendants, Akerna, 
sells software to track data in the cannabis industry, and issued the following statement. The document has multiple inaccuracies, including but not limited to the fact that we are not a plant-touching operator. As a public company, our shareholders and board of directors are a matter of public record. Our legal team is preparing the response. Ohio State University Research believes that Ohio could benefit to the tune of $375 million annually by legalizing recreational marijuana. The OSU Drug Enforcement and Policy Center used estimates from current legislation proposals and other states received revenue to offer a best guess for how much the state could receive in taxes if adult-use cannabis was allowed. They believe that that number is somewhere between $275 and $375 million. Currently, a petition is making its rounds to gather enough signatures to force lawmakers to review their proposal for adult-use cannabis. It looks like the petition will get the numbers it needs, but it still must go before legislators. If the lawmakers do not pass it, then signatures must be gathered all over again, but this time for enough support to place it on the ballot directly in November. Earlier this year, though, the state's top Republicans signaled their opposition to it. Ohio has tried before to achieve full legalization, but it has not yet succeeded. That's all you need to know for today. Be sure to keep listening for the latest updates and follow us on themnewsnow.com. Later.